Ryan Bauer Walsh is here to talk about his new album, Rainbow Lullaby, and give us his spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Ryan. Hi there. Nice to talk to you. Tell us about your new album, Rainbow Lullaby. Well, this was part of the whole quarantine cocoon that I was in. A lot of creative things came out of that period when we were trapped in our basements or <laughs> our small apartments. But it's the first LGBTQIA plus lullaby album for queer families. What was your inspiration for recording it? It's actually a little bit of a story. Well, let's start back in New York. So I was back in New York in, I think it was 2020 when this all kind of happened with the pandemic, working as a painter, and then I got a phone call from my mother uh, saying that her cancer had come back and that it was time to come home, and there was nothing to do in New York anyway. So I uh, cut all the prices of my paintings uh, in half and sold nearly everything I'd ever painted and ended up on a plane back to Minnesota where I spent the next four months taking care of my mother. Um, she unfortunately passed on October 28th, uh, leaving me with just my father in quarantine uh, in my childhood home. And I was surrounded by all of this childhood memorabilia, stuff that I hadn't really had access to for years living on the East Coast now. And I was also trying to cope with the loss of my mother and the maternal energy and that lack of gravity that happens when you lose a parent. And I used to sing songs as a kid to make myself feel better, and I kind of just reverted a little bit. <laughs> and I started writing down um, these lullabies and using some old melodies I had. I called a friend to see if they wanted to help me write these, and we Googled and found out that there hadn't been any LGBTQ lullabies before. And we created a demo and pitched it to Broadway Records, and now we're working with a team of over 50 on the world's first LGBTQIA lullaby album. What do you hope to accomplish with this album? I really want to have representation in, like, as queer families. I think that for the longest time, uh, our community has been seen through the lens of stereotypes, and that doesn't allow for a lot of compassionate thought. And lullabies have existed for thousands of years. Uh, it's an innate part of humanity, and I believe that kind of injecting our community into this is a natural way of moving forward in this march towards equality. But I also want kids to be able to hear their family on it. We have such a diverse team that helped build this and helped perform it that I really think that everyone's going to kind of see a part of themselves in this as well. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I'm looking to evolve the landscape. <laughs> We've sort of had these heteronormative ideologies in the West for the longest time, and I think it's time to move forward. And part of that process has been the younger generation creating uh, a compendium of labels to help us understand the diversity of our community, of our species. And now we're at this moment where I think we're almost moving beyond labels. And I've been hearing that a lot in the last couple of weeks, saying, you know, I, I wish I could just tell someone I've fallen in love, and no one would be interested in any of the other <laughs> bits about that except that they're happy. So I'd like to start creating enough representation to kind of broaden that landscape. And I believe that through creativity, we can really change the view, which will then change the perspective, which will then change our reality, which will then change the future. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? Uh, <laughs> well, they're actually doing a really great job, but they're pushing some initiatives forward with uh, the Equality Act, which has a lot of important things outlined in it that will help our community. 
Um, but also, they're creating a lot of representation within their own cabinet with Pete Buttigieg and uh, others who they're trying to elevate positions so that there is visibility of queer people as leaders. And I think that that's important. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can push that agenda so that everyone has a place and everyone feels represented in this country. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these times? Uh, well, we're going through such a difficult period anyway. History feels like it's repeating. I mean, all the things I read about the early 1900s are kind of circling back. <laughs> so first I would say that as somebody who was intensely bullied, and has suffered with depression and anxiety, it's really important to be patient because those feelings pass and those people who treat you that way, they're not a permanent part of your life because that's a choice um, when you're an adult, who you interact with, and it's also a choice how you decide to react in those situations. Having been bullied uh, up into my adulthood, it's been interesting being able to react the way that I want to um, and for a while, I became a bully because I thought that's how everyone treated each other. It put me on the offense. So I would say, be patient. Um, love yourself first, and others will love you because of it. How can people get information about the uh, Rainbow Lullaby album? Uh, there's a lot of ways. You can visit broadwayrecords.com, and there's going to be a whole page dedicated to it. And then there's also our Instagram, which is at the Rainbow Lullaby. What other projects are you working on? I've always found creativity is always stronger than destruction, and so much of like our reality was sort of destroyed over this last year with the pandemic and everything. But personally, with the loss of my mother, my kind of foundation of reality was missing. So I started a couple of things. In addition to the album, I started a non-gendered clothing line, uh, or as I call it, gender optional. That's also sensory friendly. Uh, it's kind of a throwback to the Lisa Frank period of pop children's art in the 90s and 80s, as well as like Jean de Brunhoff, who uh, wrote and illustrated Babar the Elephant. And I really wanted to bring that uh, back in a new way and have clothes that I would have wanted to wear as a kid. So in addition to the children's line, there's also going to be an adult line that's released this coming December, just for the holidays, so that we can... Uh, have a little more color this winter. <laughs> In addition to that, I'm working on a line of uh, kids' books based on banana ducks, and I'm doing Terrace Through the Window, which is a Hurley and Osborne musical. I'm doing a two-hour radio play by Joel B. New, and, you know, continuing my voiceover work at the moment. <laughs> so it's, it's been a busy October. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? I love collaborating with people. And so at this point, I'm looking to collaborate with anyone who has any ideas that kind of match with my own as far as um, opening up uh, inclusivity, um, representation, or if they just want to do a movie. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'd love someone to be like, hey, you want to do this Broadway show? But currently I'm working on turning Banana Duck into a line of children's books. So if anyone's out there, I would really love to start to do a little bit more. I've only illustrated up until this point, but I've been writing a lot lately. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, there's a couple. My mother had a little sign that she hung out back in the garden, said to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And I've kind of used that as a way to get through this experience. Rather than tearing up the soil and, and just salting the earth, uh, I've been planting seeds and just 
kind of offering them to other people and seeing where they can go from there and just kind of being patient with that. But I also had written myself a little letter that I stuck all over my house for like a year and a half when I was going through a really rough patch, just uh, sort of telling myself that things would be okay. And it goes, you are a vast and enormous source of energy. Every choice you make should take you closer to the things you love. You should treat yourself the way you would take care of a loved one. And you should treat your loved ones in a manner which shows how precious they are. Come into situations with joy. Fear is not a productive feeling. You can learn from observing, so give yourself credit and be brave. Take a minute before you do things to really see the best way forward. And you are great with your students. Give that patience and optimism to yourself. Structure is a beautiful friend. Remember to meditate. You'll get where you want to be if you picture it as fully as you can. And you went through a rough patch. Defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms are opposites. <laughs> Try. The only time you fail is when you give up or don't give up. You are strong and flexible. Do not bend to your worries. Rather, reach towards your wonder. You will be okay. And I love you. And that's something I posted literally all over my house so that I would remember that every day until I believed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm in a much better place now.